What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, March 1st. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where now that it's Women's History Month, we're looking to open up the canon, y'all. Yeah, me telling a friend what I ordered at lunch, that is at least one woman's history. And Real Housewives reunion panels, that is absolutely women's history. I don't want to hear any arguments. Regardless of us opening the canon or not, that just is. It's a fact. On today's show, California ended its statewide coronavirus emergency order. Plus, a new addition to the Oscars performance lineup promises to bring some epic dance moves to the stage. But first, the Supreme Court heard arguments yesterday over whether President Biden has the authority to cancel federal student debt, namely the $400 billion in student loan forgiveness that his administration offered to millions of Americans in the wake of the pandemic. All right, we know this is a hot topic. So what arguments did the court hear yesterday, Priyanka? Yeah, so there are two cases that are challenging the plan. One came from six Republican-led states who sued to stop the plan last year. They're saying that Biden was overstepping his authority. Those states include Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina. If you are a person living in one of those states and you would actually like your student loans forgiven, now might be a good time to make your voice heard. The other comes from two individual borrowers who didn't qualify for the plan and are mad about it, basically. They are being backed by a conservative advocacy group and are arguing that the policy can't stand because it didn't allow the public to weigh in on the forgiveness plan and how it would work. The administration, on the other hand, has been saying that this is authorized under the 2003 HEROES Act, which gives the education secretary the authority to change federal student loan programs during national emergencies, i.e. covid But the states argue that this oversteps the HEROES Act and that Biden is using COVID as an excuse to cancel this debt. They also argue that their states could suffer financially from this decision. Now, those arguments are wild in my mind, and I know there was some spicy exchanges during the oral arguments. So walk us through how the justices responded to this stuff. Yeah, so as we all know, conservatives have a 6-3 majority on this court. It uh, has not been a very good time, to put it very mildly. They seem to be skeptical of the Biden administration's authority to cancel this debt. They came back to this theory called the major questions doctrine. It's actually a legal theory that basically posits that agencies in the executive branch have to get approval from Congress before doing anything that would have large economic and political consequences. The current court has used this logic a few times already to invalidate other major Biden administration policies, like when they tried to let the EPA regulate carbon emissions from power plants when they tried to implement federal COVID vaccine mandates for large companies, and when they tried to let the CDC extend eviction protections for renters back in 2021. This court is very fond of falling back on this theory. Chief Justice John Roberts also tried to raise questions about the fairness of the policy for people who didn't go to college. He asked why someone who didn't go to college and got a bank loan to start a business instead wouldn't get loan forgiveness but someone who did attend college and ultimately went on to make more money 
should benefit instead. Hold on, hold on. How are we just going to ignore the fact that PPP happened? Right? Like money was given to our entrepreneurial friends. Totally. So Justices Elena Kagan and Katanji Brown-Jackson countered very quickly with the point that this is just one of several other government programs. Some may help the business owner specifically. This one specifically is targeted towards people with student loan debt. There actually can be programs to help any people. It just really depends on who you're voting for. That part. This case is definitely considered to be one of the biggest that the court will tackle this term, but a ruling isn't expected to come before the end of June. So a little time before we know the final verdict here. A little time, but these pending Supreme Court decisions could mean the difference between making some progress toward closing the racial wealth gap and helping older Americans retire in peace or setting up the 45 million people who are struggling with student loan debt for a huge financial loss. When President Biden and Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona announced the student loan debt forgiveness program last August, 26 million people flooded the online portal to apply for relief, and 16 million people received a notification that they were, in fact, eligible. Now, we know how much the right loves to argue that none of these people actually need student loan debt relief and that people who took out student loans years ago are all well off and should be required to pay their student loan debt. But based on an analysis from Politico of the people who submitted those 26 million applications, more than 98% of those applications came from zip codes where the average income is less than $75,000 and about two thirds were from neighborhoods with an average income below $40,000. So it's pretty clear these folks could use some relief, especially when we know how much relief the government has given to the wealthy and corporations over the past few years. Yeah, totally. The idea that everybody who goes to college and had student loan debt is now making boatloads of money, super rich, can't be helped by this is completely false. Right. And it also erases all the people who had student loan debt, got student loans, but didn't end up graduating from college because right. that is also a significant number of people who, you know, this convenient little narrative just ignores. You mentioned that Biden's student loan debt relief could help close the racial wealth gap and help older Americans. Tell us more about that. How would that work? So the data has shown for years that Black, Indigenous, and Latina women carry disproportionate amounts of student loan debt. And when you add in the reality of pay inequity, high interest rates, and problematic income-based repayment plans, Black and brown borrowers have been on the losing end of student loan debt for decades. According to the Roosevelt Institute, canceling student loan debt would have a measurable impact on closing the racial wealth gap and immediately increase the wealth of black Americans by 40%, for example. And according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia, as of 2019, borrowers who are 50 years old and older hold about 20% of all student loan debt. And balances are going fastest among people between the ages of 60 and 69. So this isn't just something that the youths are complaining about. It has implications across multiple demographic groups. Definitely. And so looking ahead, what happens if Biden's student debt relief plan is struck down? Is there any other way that we can get student loan forgiveness or is that just gone if this doesn't work? Look, there are a couple of options on the table for the White House if the Supreme Court strikes down Biden's debt relief plan. The White House could try to modify the existing relief plan to address the components that the court deems unconstitutional. It sounds a little bit petty, but it could yield a positive outcome that works around whatever legal parameters are set in the court's decision, though it could also end up back in court due to additional challenges from opponents. 
In the meantime, the Biden administration has been working for months to reconfigure its income-based repayment plans to lower the monthly payment amounts and limit the timelines for repayment. And this could help both past and future borrowers. The administration is also updating the Public Service Student Loan Forgiveness Program to make it easier for government workers and nonprofit employees to receive relief. So there are a few options on the table, but what sticks with me is a comment that Justice Sonia Sotomayor said during oral arguments yesterday, quote, Everybody suffered on the pandemic, but different people got different benefits because they qualified under different programs. And politically speaking, you better believe that every person who was struggling with student loan debt and could be denied relief will remember who tried to help them out and who didn't. That is what's absolutely wild to me about all of this. Like, we all know who's doing this, who's trying to deny this from what, like 40 million people? Like 45, girl. You don't think this is going to have effects? Like, it's just insane to me. People will remember, people will be mad, and people will know who took that money, took that debt forgiveness away from them. When I tell you that vengeance is one of the greatest political motivators. I believe you. Come on. Y'all know we're going to be watching the courts like a hawk on this. So stand by for more updates in the future. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Yet another large earthquake has rocked Turkey and Syria this week. On Monday, a 5.6 magnitude earthquake struck in southern Turkey near the epicenter of the major tremor that hit last month. Officials in Turkey said that this latest earthquake killed at least one person and injured dozens of others as it destroyed several already damaged buildings. Over 10,000 aftershocks of varying intensities have been recorded in the region since February 6th, and the death toll has now passed 50,000 victims. California's COVID-19 emergency declaration expired yesterday, almost three years after it was issued. The Golden State was the first in the nation to institute a statewide stay-at-home order in the early days of the pandemic. It gave Governor Gavin Newsom extra legal power to temporarily change or suspend various laws to fight the virus, including an order that allowed hospitals to put patient beds in gift shops and other spaces to treat an overwhelming number of COVID patients during the first winter surge. Though most statewide restrictions have already been lifted, health officials say the virus is still killing about 22 Californians per day. Similar COVID emergency orders are still in effect in five other states, though President Biden announced that the federal coronavirus order will expire on May 11th. Some media tea is brewing, this time at the Washington Post. It involves Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Jonathan Capehart's exit from the Post's editorial board back in December. We should note that Capehart, who is black, was the only remaining person of color on the panel. According to a report from Axios, the split came after a dispute over an editorial that ran on December 6th about the runoff election in Georgia between Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and his Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Capehart resigned shortly after the piece was published, and while he remains a columnist, associate editor, and podcaster with The Post, the news just adds to the existing tensions within the paper over diversity within its leadership ranks. A spokesperson for The Post told Axios that the paper is, quote, committed to diverse representation in all its pages, which just does not seem to be the case here, but okay. As we say in my community, mm. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
Michigan Representative Alyssa Slotkin announced Monday she's running for retiring Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow's seat next year. Slotkin, who is also a former CIA analyst, is the first Democrat to enter what will likely be a highly contested race in the battleground state. And political strategists think she has a good shot, considering that she beat her Republican opponent in one of the most competitive races in the 2022 midterms and unseated a GOP incumbent when she was first elected to Congress in 2018. Looks like the Department of Labor can finally take down the help wanted sign in the window. President Biden announced yesterday that he will nominate Julie Sue to be his next secretary of labor. She is currently serving as deputy secretary to outgoing secretary Marty Welsh. Previously, she led California's Labor Department, and as a civil rights attorney in the 90s, she represented dozens of undocumented Thai workers who were enslaved in an L.A. area sweatshop. If confirmed by the Senate, she will be the first Asian American to join Biden's cabinet at the secretary level. The Oscars announced Tuesday that the high-energy dance track, Natu Natu, from the film RRR, will be performed live at this year's ceremony. The Best Original Song nominee, which will be competing against compositions from films like Top Gun Maverick and Everything Everywhere All at Once, is a favorite to win the award, having already won the Golden Globe in the same category. The nomination is the lone nod from the Academy for the Indian blockbuster, which grossed $170 million worldwide at the box office. As we touched on last week, Rihanna will also take the stage to perform her nominated song, Lift Me Up, from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Additionally, Lift Me Up is what Rihanna told Apple music she wanted for her Super Bowl halftime performance. When I tell you homie was 60, 70 feet in the air, just getting it. Okay. Is she flying again at the Oscars? Because that would be very cool. I don't know how far along she'll be in her pregnancy at that point, so I'm sure the doctor will not recommend any more flying. Yeah, at what point in your pregnancy are you not allowed to fly on a a platform? A very small stage anymore. (laughs) These are questions I probably will never need to know the answer to, but now I'm curious. Very curious. And those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, (laughs) everyone's getting flowers. (laughs) Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? 
This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. It's Wednesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about wild animals on controlled narcotics getting the Hollywood bump. Oh, the my God. The aptly named R-rated horror comedy Cocaine Bear came to theaters last weekend, topping the Friday box office in its debut and grossing $28 million worldwide. That is $28 million more than uh, we are grossing right now. <laughs> so I feel like we have no legs to stand on. Cocaine Bear is a hit. The movie, directed by Elizabeth Banks, impressive, is very loosely based on the true story of a real black bear in Georgia who fatally ingested 40 pounds of cocaine when a plane transporting narcotics from a drug bust fumbled a package from the sky. I don't know about you, Juanita, but to me, this movie has everything. Cocaine, (laughs) a bear doing that cocaine, the late, great Ray Liotta. And in this version, the bear doesn't immediately overdose from the 40 pounds of cocaine. He lives and judging by the trailer boy does he live he truly is the boy who lived so Juanita will you be seeing this certainly insane but oh my god probably amazing and very entertaining movie in the theaters absolutely not and I'm wondering about all the millions of people who paid money to see this mess but I I do think our EP had the best response cocaine is one hell of a drug But Priyanka, are you going to see Cocaine Bear? Because I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I think you might be alone on this one. Cocaine Bear kind of sounds like, yes, it's so wild. (laughs) Like, I just have to see it. It just seems like it'll be funny. It'll be hysterical. I disagree. Jackass was hysterical. (laughs) Cocaine Bear will not be hysterical. Grab a few friends. (laughs) Go to the theater on like a weekend. See Cocaine Bear. The crowd there, you know the crowd there is there for a good time. You know the crowd there is probably going to be like 14, but okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's rated R, so they would need to be with a parent. So, (laughs) Did you never sneak into a movie, Priyanka? For real? I think they carved them at the Grove. What? Yeah. Okay, that must only happen in California. That never happens over here on the East Coast. (laughs) No, I think movie going is like, I mean, obviously price-wise has changed significantly, but I think it's changed a lot since we did that as kids. Like, now you aren't even allowed to, like, do the little double feature. I mean, you're never allowed to do it, but, like, you could. Oh, Priyanka, stop snitching on yourself, girl. (laughs) Who didn't? Who didn't do the double feature? Raise his hand timidly. (laughs) (laughs) 
But just like that, we have checked our temps. I mean, mine's hot. Juanita, Juanita's a little ice cold on this, but mine spiking. Frigid cold. Keep the cocaine. Keep the bear. Keep it all. <laughs> That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, stay above the influence of the cocaine bear, or don't. Who am I to tell you what to do? And tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just Julie Sue's highly impressive resume like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And make, make some, some women's, women's history, history today. today. They just had the second part of the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion air. So catch up if you missed it. That is women's history. This might be the march that I start my Real Housewives journey. What do you mean start? Well, it's overwhelming. There's so much of it. Choose one franchise. I'll do it. I have to recognize <laughs> Women's History Month somehow. Bless. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is Jossie Kaufman, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.